0: What is up guys, welcome to episode 42 of the Triage Method podcast. Firstly, happy new year to you all. I hope you're all ready with your lovely goals and aspirations and positive affirmations for 2019. Um, I know Paddy's just been telling me all his goals for the last hour and I'm sure, you know, you're all excited to listen to them. So Patty, how are you and what are you looking forward to in 2019?
1: I am absolutely, positively fantastic, Gary. <laughs> Um, yeah, I wasn't telling you any of my goals for 2019 because I actually don't have any apart from just you know, well, finish college for this year. I'm actually going to America for three months. Well, I haven't fully booked it, but it's pretty much booked. Um, but don't worry, we'll still still be on the podcast unless Gary fucking cancels again. Because um, Gary, you were you you were away in well, it was Christmas and. You were off being, you know, Christmassy and stuff. I'm the Grinch, so I don't do that stuff. Um, and then you went to, to Belarus. How was that?
0: It was good. So we missed two podcasts because of that. But yeah, I was in Belarus for a week and just back the other day and back and ready for 2019. But yeah, and no you have major any, too many goals. Goal with, no, not really. Like, other than, like, I kind of just have habits that i just want to stick to and if i can do that much then i'll be pretty happy just exercise daily read daily and try to get up at the same time every day if you can do that
1: e- exercise daily man you're going to be over training <laughs> no Fuck. oh my god jesus christ 10, 10 deadlift <laughs> are, are, are you training calves daily though that's
0: the real question Oh well, yeah. Like that's that's the only reason I, I run is just for calf training, basically.
1: Doing your yogging.
0: Yogging, yeah, yogging on my tippy toes.
1: Does that actually work? Because I might start doing that.
0: Yeah, it does. Like I mean, you know, you might you might get a bit a bit of pain in your Achilles, and it might rupture and stuff after like thirty k. But it doesn't really matter. Like I mean,
1: do it for the gains. Yeah, that's fair. Um, anyway, Gary enough of this shy talk what are we actually going to talk about today because i think it's a a topic that may help well who the fuck knows people never give us feedback you know so this could not help them or it could help them i don't know what are we talking about
0: yeah so today we're going to talk a little bit about nutrition specifically tracking your nutrition and whether or not that is a good option for you and the reason that is important is twofold firstly heading into the new year. I'm sure there are a lot of people that have lots of ridiculous goals set for themselves and, you know, they think that they're, they have to give a hundred percent all the time. And as a result, they're trying to, you know, track everything down to the gram. And that's just part of the process. And number two, the reason is because we know that like your energy balance, the number of calories you consume, you know, all that sort of stuff is really important when it comes to your outcomes from any sort of nutritional approach, but people often confuse that that statement that let's say let's say you're talking about fat loss people confuse the statement of you need to be in a calorie deficit with you need to track your calories and that's not the same thing so you can get you know positive health outcomes positive body composition or performance outcomes without ever formally tracking your nutrition and the other thing is that it's actually a spectrum in terms of you can track without it being my fitness pal, you know? So there are levels, uh, you know, between tracking everything down to the gram and weighing it and just being a total anarchist and eating whenever you feel like it. So, you know, there's 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 variety there and that's essentially what is setting the stage.
1: Yeah, because it's, it's one of these things that, like I've certainly fallen into the trap before, well, when I was younger at least, I hope I don't do it now, but falling into the trap of thinking that, Oh, to get results, you must track. Like you must track on my fitness pal or one or another such app. You know, and um, so so I've I've been in that mentality. I'm like, I can understand why you think that because it is actually such a powerful tool. You know, so you're gonna if you come to this from you know you're already into your fitness. If you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, I'm already into my fitness. I already do all this kind of stuff. I already you know have a good enough handle on my nutrition. You know, maybe some days aren't great, but the vast majority of the time, you know, I know how to track my calories. I know what protein is. I know what fats are carbs like you know the whole shebang macro wise at least you know and you're like like i, I kind of know what i'm about and you've done that for a while you've understood how powerful a tool that is in terms of changing your body composition you know making your perhaps performance you know daily like mental performance and obviously physical performance increase you, you, you've seen the benefits so i can understand how you'd look at that and go this this is the way this is everyone should be doing this." There should be some sort of state mandated, you know, across the board, you know, you're in secondary school, primary school, whatever, you learn how to track your macros. I can understand how you would, you would think that, you know, because it is such a powerful tool. It's almost like you've been given the secret, you know, and then you read stuff online, perhaps, or you see, you know, you're talking to someone else and maybe they're not into the whole fitness sphere, but they say like, oh, I don't, I don't track my calories. I just, you know, know what kind of portions I should use. Or they're like, I just focus on eating certain food groups or, you know, not eating certain food groups or, you know, eating a certain style of dieting. We'll call it like paleo dieting or ketogenic diet or whatever it is, you know, they, they do something like that. And you kind of look at them like, "Ah, you don't have the secret you don't have the the macros you don't you don't understand you're not on that my fitness pal grind you know you, you just don't understand if you did that you would get way better results you know and and it's one of those things i like, i can see how like i've done it before i can see how you would automatically think that however you like you said you don't actually need to track calories to track calories for one and you also don't need to track calories to get results because the way i look at it like if you look back in the history of you know, calorie tracking, macronutrient tracking, whatever you want to call it, uh, looking after your diet in a more what we'll call a sci- scientific manner. Like they've been doing that since like the eighteen seventies, eighteen eighties. Like all those like bomb calorimetry results were done in like the like that that part of the the, the century. You know, uh, so so that that's all been done in the past. Like we've been doing this stuff like counting calories, counting macros or whatever for over a hundred years. You know, nearly one hundred and fifty years. So you're not you didn't stumble upon a secret that's just newly revolutionized the 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 health and fitness world like this has been done for ages now obviously they didn't have an app they would have little books and they'd be like you know oh, uh 100 grams of ham is whatever amount of calories you know like that's what they had they had a little book and they just flicked through it and that was still prominent up until like the 60s 70s probably even into the 80s like you had little like tables of like these are the the calories macronutrients whatever else of the foods you know, so this this has been going on for for ages. You know, so you haven't just stumbled upon a secret that's just newly been revealed. However, with the advent of apps like you know My Fitness Pal or Chronometer and stuff, there it, it's become so much easier to actually track. So the barrier of entry, like first of all, you don't have to you know carry around a book everywhere you go, right? So that's that's obviously a, a benefit, and you already probably are carrying around your phone everywhere you go. So if you have an app on your phone that has all the stuff in it awesome you know and also you can just search up an item that maybe you've never eaten before or you know you you don't even know what it is sorry excuse me um you know like you could be have an english calorie book and it just doesn't have i don't know sushi in it or something and you just look it up on my fitness balance like oh cool there's the the sushi boom i have it already pop it in easy so it's much easier to track calories these days but that doesn't mean that that's how you should be doing it because you can think about it, right? So we've been doing this for, we'll say 150 years you know, people have been eating for thousands of years, you know, and people have been eating and performing well and having good body composition for thousands of years. You know, like I always think it's really funny because you, you look back at like, say like the, the Greek statues and stuff, you know, back in the day uh, of you know, like, say, like, you know, when people t- think of like the classical times, like Roman times, Greek times, and, you know, you look at these like uh, Adonis and all the Spartan warriors and, you know, whoever else, Hercules and everything. Like, those guys are jacked, you know, like proper jacked, at least from the statues. Now, obviously, it's a physical representation of potentially something that wasn't there. But the fact that they're able to, make that physical representation means they know what that looks like. You know, like you can't just create something that you've never seen before. Like obviously you can, but you can't just create something that you've never seen before and then have it be completely right in terms of how the human body looks when it's jacked, you know? So he's not just, this artist is not just going to go, all right, look at this little scrawny little Hercules here. He's just skin and bones. I'm just going to pack on this clay, is somewhere here, or I'm just going to sculpt out this this marble here and just add these fucking juicy delts onto them, these fucking bulging biceps, and I'm just going to hope that that actually looks like what a bigger person would look like. No, they they knew what bigger people look like, so people have been able to eat and look a certain way for thousands of years. People have been able able to eat and perform a certain way for thousands of years, and they didn't have, you know, these calorie logs or these apps to do that you know, so you don't need to track, like, again, it's one of those little things that I think is really funny as well, like, you look back in the, people always talk about performance enhancing drugs these days in the Olympics, right, or, like, the UFC is one, like, people are talking about, like, oh, the UFC, you know, a lot of performance enhancing stuff with, like, the John Jones stuff and everything, but, yeah, back back when the Olympics started, like, they, they used to think, like, eating protein was like a performance enhancing drug. Because that's what they used to do. They used to be like like the general population was eating like fucking salt and grains. You know, like that's, that's what they were eating. And they were like, oh no, our athletes. Like back in back then they still knew. They were like, yeah, we, we feed our athletes protein because it makes them stronger and it makes them recover better. You know, and that was seen as a performance enhancing drug. You know, like that's they, they were performance enhancing. You know, if you want to go down the the that whole road as well, like it was actually like this whole performance enhancing, I know it's a side tangent, but this performance enhancing stuff is actually really interesting because when all this sporting stuff took place, like originally when it started, like training was seen as, you know, a ba- like a bad thing, like in terms of it, it was cheating. Like if you had the time to train and you had the time to practice your sport, it's like, well, you're you're cheating. This is supposed to be just whatever you're innately given, like whatever talent you have been innately given by God or the gods, or whatever, and you know, oh Jesus, you don't train for it. You you just have it in uh, innately, you know. So if you were training for it, like that was seen as cheating, you know. So it, it's one of those things where it's like you can see how. Like, again, you can see how that makes sense. It's like, well, we're actually just, we're trying to, we're kind of just testing you as a a, a human and we're going to do it through a sporting event rather than through war or something. Like war arguably is the ultimate form of competition. Like fighting is arguably the ultimate form of competition, you know? So rather than trying to kill all your men in your society, you go, okay, well, you know, going to war or fighting probably isn't the, the safest way to see who is the manliest man or who's the, you know, best athlete or whatever. So let's create all these sports so that we can have a bit of fun and, you know, we can see who is the best, you know? So I can understand if, you're, if, you, if you basically cheat and just practice the sport, then you're not really seeing who's the manliest man. You're just like, well, you practice loads. So I can understand why you, why you would initially think that uh, practicing is cheating. Um, but yeah, so people have been essentially eating a certain way to get a certain result for thousands of years. You know, so the idea that you must track calories, which is maybe, we'll say 150 years old, is completely asinine, right? So if you're coming to it from that point of view, and I've been there, you know, so I'm not saying like, oh, I'm fucking way smarter. I never had that thought process. Like I've been there, you know, thinking that you must track calories or you must be doing some sort of calorie tracking to get results. Like you you don't necessarily have to do that because people have been getting results for thousands of years and not doing that now the other side of that is they also didn't have the abundance of food that we have right so it's not exactly a a logically coherent argument to say oh well if they could do it back in the day uh, we can do it now with with the same tools essentially but it's like well yeah you probably could but the environment is different And also you have the tools available to you. Like, you're not going to go now, oh, I'm going to go hand wash all my clothes because that's the way people have been doing it for thousands of years. No, you have a washing machine now. You just put them in there. You forget about it. You take them out. You dry them. You know, like that takes like 15 minutes out of your day rather than the fucking three hours it used to take, you know? So obviously if you have the tools available to make it easier, potentially it is something that you should look into, you know? So where does that actually leave you in terms of, what you should do right now you're probably thinking like okay so he's saying i don't need to track calories to get results but he's also saying that tracking calories to get results is a good idea so how how do we traverse that gary like how do we how, how do we find the position where we know what we should do as an individual to get where we want to be you know because like currently i'm writing on all the the more implementation stuff in the militia and i'm kind of going through like you know the different types of well we we essentially have like three types that we kind of talk about although the majority of our people would or our people our our clients and the people that we engage with would mainly be in the the tier two or the tier three what we kind of call it um but there is the 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 tier one stuff as well to kind of consider so how do we kind of find the position for us in that whole story? Like that we can get the results that we're looking for, but also in the most timely manner without the, the biggest amount of effort. Cause like, let's be honest, like, cool you probably have another job or another job you probably have a job uh you probably have a life that you want to do and you don't want to have this huge big thing where you're like every 15 minutes you're like oh how many calories do i have left to eat do i have to track this and you know you don't have this huge turnaround in your overall lifestyle habits and the stuff that you need to do on a daily basis to just you know lose a few pounds so, so how do we traverse that Gary?
0: Yeah. So I suppose where I would start is by trying to identify like how I respond to the, the environment in which I live. So like, obviously there's a lot of like, we live in a certain environment that has all of these certain things going on. Forget about where it is and forget about where you are. Okay. But some people struggle to gain weight. Some people struggle to lose weight. And then you have other people who just kind of maintain their weight. Obviously, that's a spectrum, but you kind of get what I'm saying. So, The solution for all of those people is unlikely to be the exact same okay so if you know that you are the type of person that you know in the environment that you live in all right with the abundance of food that you have in your house with the food that your income allows you to buy with the stores and restaurants that are nearby that you tend to eat at and if you know that within that environment that you are you are unable to. Or so far, you have been consistently gaining weight throughout the lifespan, and you're at the time you're at the time where you know you're overweight now, or you're obese, or whatever. Then you start by kind of identifying that, and you recognize that these are the different things that led me to this point. And like you don't just you don't just go from there and say, "All right, so I can change all of this by simply tracking my calories." Okay, because that might be one solution. And it might work for some people, but it mightn't work for for everyone. So other solutions that could potentially be, you know, on the path for you would be modifying the types of restaurants that you eat at, modifying the types of foods that you allow into the home, modifying where in your house that you actually put certain foods. You know, the so-called healthy foods versus, versus the foods that you're more likely to overeat on, let's say, um so you kind of start to think about those things and then you can you can try and put those things into practice because i think the problem with weight loss and tracking calories a lot of the time is that people do think like you said it's some sort of quick fix that it's the secret that they've found and they think that if they simply track and monitor their eating behavior or, or their their nutrition outcomes in the form of calories macronutrients etc they think that that's going to solve the problem without recognizing that their appetite, their desire to eat um, is being influenced by their environment as a whole and the way in which they live and essentially the overall habits that they have in their day-to-day life. So you have to sort of ask, you know, what is going to give me the biggest bang for my buck in the long term by addressing it? So, you know, tracking calories can be part of that, but ultimately, the overall emphasis, especially for the long term, should still be on modifying your behaviors, modifying, you know, the types of foods that you buy, etc. And obviously, like, this isn't to say that the solution is to just not eat certain foods either, because obviously, like, there are no good or bad foods, so to speak. And obviously, just that, you know, you want to be having more of your, more of your calories generally coming from certain foods than others. And I think everyone kind of gets that, um, just so that you don't polarize my points. (laughs) Um, but then you've got people on the other end of the spectrum, you know, who, even though they're in the environment that they're in, they don't, they're not able to attain a healthy body weight because they're underweight, you know, and that, that could be someone from the, someone who has been underweight all their life. And now they have, you know, low muscle mass, low bone mineral density, and they're concerned about their health. Um, or it could be someone who is in the gym and feels they would like to gain more weight than they have been so far and again that person is also responding to their environment in a certain way and their appetite is responding in a certain way and their day-to-day habits are set up in a certain way all of which which all of which are not currently conducive of them reaching their goal so again you can make behavioral changes in the form of maybe, maybe you've got some beliefs that say that Certain foods are bad and you shouldn't eat more of them because they're going to compromise your health. Yet if you were to eat more of them, it would facilitate your goal of gaining weight. So in that case, it could be, you know, that you need to address some of those beliefs. Or it could be that you need to actually get more calorie-dense foods in the house and stop drinking, you know, skimmed milk and instead start drinking whole milk. And again, you kind of get the point that I'm making that there are these sort of bigger picture things that can affect the long term without you necessarily tracking. But at the same point, or at the same time, that could be an effective intervention for that person to track calories, especially in the short term. And I think that's really the key when it comes to tracking calories is that everyone should aim for it to be, or or most people should aim for it to be a short-term intervention and not something that you commit to for the next three to six decades, depending on what age you are, or 12 decades, depending on what age you are. (laughs) Not something that you commit to for that period of time because while that might be fine for some people for example paddy has like a 1500 day streak is that right just, am i fit in 10 but who's
1: counting
0: yeah there you go and, and like that's that's something you enjoy doing it's something that doesn't cause you any sort of distress it's just fine it helps you facilitate your goals maintain good health etc but that doesn't mean that everyone needs to commit to doing that too so so it is a it is a tool and I I believe anyway, and that that it should be a short term tool that is aimed at educating you on you know what is in different foods and what a proper portion size is like, because I think it really can teach you a lot. Like for example, if you are that underweight person, let's say, and you're trying to get to the point where you're building more muscle and supporting your training, you can often feel like, oh, you know, I swear I am eating a lot. I'm 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 doing all that I can. You know, you told me to start drinking whole milk. I'm drinking whole milk. And they're like, I'm definitely eating about 4,000 calories a day, but when it actually comes down to it and they track it, they're like, oh, well, actually, you know, I actually wasn't eating that. So in the short term, that helps that person to, you know, modify, modify, their, modify their eating, their food choices um, based on that education that they have picked up. And that, that the same thing can go for someone that is trying to lose weight. Like they might, they might think that certain foods have, you know, that, that aren't that calorie dense and then at the end of the day, they actually are pretty calorie dense and they only learn that through the process of tracking. So it's an intervention that can work on both sides of the spectrum, whether your goal is to gain or lose weight. But ultimately, I feel that the behavioral changes and the habitual changes t- to your environment, if you can, and the changes to your environment, they're likely to be the most potent determinants of your longer term outcomes like in terms of the things that you can actually control because obviously it is beyond your control where McDonald's open up a new restaurant um so for example if there if you live in an area in rural Ireland where there's no fast food restaurants around there's not a store like right next door that you can go in and buy buy confectionery or whatever then obviously there's less of a chance of you going out you know in the evening when you haven't cooked a meal and Buying those foods, whereas if you're someone that lives in a more urban environment in which maybe you have like you've got a topaz next door a restore and then there's a McDonald's on the other side of you, which is pretty much like where I live, then maybe in that case you are more likely to go and have that evening meal you know in one of those convenience places since it is convenient as opposed to the person in rural Ireland so you have to consider what things are within your control and realistically they're the things that you are less likely to modify versus the actual in your house variables. But yeah, they are the things that you're most likely to be in control of. You know, so you have to ask yourself, what am I in control of within my environment, within my everyday life, and in terms of my habits? And then what you can do from there is consider, you know, is tracking calories going to be helpful for me? Maybe it is, and maybe you can use it for a short period of time. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts, Patty, on, on all of that stuff?
1: Yeah. <laughs> just... Effectively I always think well, the whole process of tracking your calories or designing your nutrition. The way I look at it is you kind of have people starting at different points, right? Which is, you know, that's the same with with everything. You have people starting all over the place. You know, some people are coming to this as you know very strict people. They've had great dietary interventions throughout their youth and stuff. Their parents were like, oh, eat quote unquote healthy food. They always had you know a, a good understanding or good setup we'll say you know so you've got people that are like that and they're just kind of like i just want to tidy things up a little bit you know i want to really dial in my nutrition habits right and you've got those people and then on the other side you've got people that are like i honestly couldn't tell you what a protein is i honestly couldn't tell you you know what quote unquote good food is like I, i couldn't tell you anything about nutrition i basically just eat whatever I feel like, whenever I feel like, you know, and that doesn't necessarily mean that they are overweight, underweight, or anything, that just means that they have no nutritional education, right, so you've essentially got two different sides of the coin, right, and then you've also got with that differing goals within the whole process, you know, like you might be quite overweight and be looking to make a substantial change quite quickly because you need to get, I don't know, gastric bypass surgery or something, you know? And so like, obviously the approach for that person is going to be different for the approach for, you know, say an athlete who's like, I want to be at the top of my performance, but you know, I'm a weight class athlete. I need to lose about five pounds, you know? So obviously the approaches are going to be different. So how do you put someone where they need to go? Like, how do you like put the, the right strategy with the right person? right and the way i look at it you've essentially got a continuum now this is this is a bit of if you think of it it's like a lead up to a circle right um so you've got a line leading up to a circle now that sounds a bit strange but keep that analogy in mind right so the line it's almost like you know if you thought of like a, a balloon you're holding a, a, a balloon a rope to a balloon right and the balloon is a perfect circle so on that rope that's that's the ramp up right so not everyone needs to start here, but this is essentially where the foundations of a diet come in, right? And the reason it's separate than, from the circle itself is because it is actually the foundation for the, 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 the circle. So that's why I'm, I'm talking a bit like a balloon, right? If you don't hold onto, the, ro- onto the, the rope holding the balloon, the balloon floats away. It's fucking irrelevant to discuss it, right? So you have to have these things set in place, first of all, before you can think about the other things. And, and the reason people kind of forget about these things is because they're already on the circle. They're already on the balloon. So they're kind of like, oh, like, I don't even think about those things. I just do them naturally. And you kind of just assume that everyone does those naturally as well, right? So the rope, this this is where your kind of foundational stuff is. It's the habits, the stuff you do every day. This is also on that rope is the, the education itself right? Because that, that is a, a a huge part of it. Like we, I was saying earlier on, if you don't know what a protein is, you don't know what a fat is, you don't know any of those things, then you, you kind of lose the ability to do stuff later on. You know, if I'm saying like, oh, you need to have a portion of protein with every meal, and you're like, I have no fucking idea what protein is. So how am I supposed to do that? You know, so the, the rope itself is the foundational stuff of the habits you do every day and the, the education you have regarding nutrition right so some people are going to need to start in that position they're going to need to start in track, not not tracking their food necessarily but tracking their day in terms of how they actually go about designing their day-to-day nutrition like are, are they just at the whim of when they feel hungry are they just at the whim of whatever gets brought into the office you basically need to do a nutritional audit you know you need to look at your day and go this is what I eat in an average day. You know, see see where you're at. You know, look at the habits that you do, and then look at the habits that you don't do. That you know that you know, quote unquote, successful people do. You can also do this in your whole life as a whole, in terms of you know your your finances, your your job, etc. But looking at it, doing an audit of what you do, doing an audit of the habits you engage in and then looking at the people that are successful because you can literally go online people fucking love talking about their daily rituals and stuff on instagram and stuff so i'm sure you can find thousands of examples you know but a lot of them as well you you will intuitively know and if you don't intuitively know then you you need to go look it up look what are like successful habits you obviously can join the militia that's literally the content that i'm writing right now um but you need to go what habits am i currently engaged in and what habits am i not engaged in that i know or should know lead to success for example stuff like you know are you drinking enough water you know like it's a very simple habit you know but most people don't do it you know are you getting good sleep you know very simple habit People are like, oh yeah. Sometimes I go to bed at three. Sometimes I go to bed at eleven. I, I just—it's all over the place. I have work, and I have to be up by six a.m. You know, Monday to Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday, I sleep in until twelve. And it's like your sleep schedule all over the place. There's no consistency to it. So you need to go. I need to set some habits in place for that. You know. Um, and then again, like the more nutrition side of stuff, you know, you're like, w- 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 how am I actually eating? What am I eating for breakfast? W- 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 what what food am I eating? What food groups am I eating? You know, w- how much fruit am I eating? What fruit am I eating? You know, like all the different things that you look at your diet and you basically go, w- what am I doing? And then you look at someone who has a successful quote unquote successful diet and look what they're doing. You know, because most people have some friends that are into their health and fitness. You know, and if you don't, again, it's like you find people that do you know the youtube there's so many resources these days that it's it's actually an impossibility not to be able to find the information you know so you look at your habits then you look at the habits of successful people and you essentially start trying to move your habits towards those habits it doesn't mean you have to do it all at once and generally you know like i was reading a study yesterday or the day before it's basically saying you know it takes like some people as low as eight days to have a new habit and have it locked down you know people are like oh it's uh, 30 days for a new habit or 60 days for a new habit Man, some people are getting it down in eight days you know so a week just over a week people are like boom have that habit locked in right some people took 264 days you know so it's like it's one of those things that you have to go from where you are And slowly move towards where you want to be. Some habits, you know, they're going to be easy for you to implement. They're going to be like, boom, got that. You know, you say drink whatever, 40 milliliters per kilogram of water. And you're like, right, I'm 100 kilos. That means four liters of water. You just go out and buy two fucking two liter jugs and you just drink them every single day. And like within a week, you just have that locked in, you know, because you've set yourself up to have that habit second nature, you know. So some habits are going to be easier. Some habits are going to be harder. The, the whole point about it is you are on a journey right now in terms of getting those habits locked down, also addressing what habits you need to lock down. Because obviously, again, as I said, it's it's this rope and it's with the education and the habits. You, you may be already halfway up the rope. You might have some habits in place and you might already have a good education on some topics. So it's really hard to say like you should start at the very base of the rope and slowly climb your way up. But it's like you, you already have some of these habits in place. You don't need to focus on them you know so you need to kind of go slowly move up that that habit-based change and address there's two ways of going about it you can either address the the biggest limiting factor now obviously this is going to be hard to do if it's yourself doing it because you it's really hard to detach from your life and kind of go oh that's my biggest limiting factor whereas someone like you know a, a coach or something will be able to go look that's that's where you're falling down the most so let's change that one thing and hopefully that creates a, a better cascade and get other things so that's that's one one approach to it you know address the the biggest limiting factor first now there's pros and cons to that because the, the pros to it is like obviously if it's the biggest limiting factor and you get the biggest limiting factor out of the way boom results are going to come quickly right but the cons to that is if it's the biggest limiting factor it's the biggest limiting factor so it's probably a big thing that you're going to need to change you know so obviously the harder the the, the habit to change is or the, the the more ingrained we'll say that habit is the harder it is going to be to change so you're going to have to do a lot more work to address that biggest limiting factor so that that's one approach to it the, the biggest limiting factor approach and then the other way you can go about it is address the little things and build momentum you know so you know forget about this biggest limiting factor and let's start going into the, the, the little small things that you know they're not doing a huge amount to create like let's well, say you're trying to lose weight you know they're not doing a huge amount to add to your overall calories but you know if you shift those you're kind of building success and you're kind of going yeah I, i'm actually i'm able to do this diet stuff you know and you see a little a pound drop off here two pounds here you, you see results slowly coming but it's not like the, the 30 pounds that you need to lose you know <clears throat> so that you have two approaches to do that and something as simple as like say like you know you're drinking milk with all your tea and you're having 12 teas a day you know that's that's one i always use because that's something that people do and they kind of forget that that all adds up even though you aren't necessarily tracking it you know it does slowly add up calorie wise you know 12 teas a day like that's nearly a fucking liter of milk for some people you know so you have to factor that into the overall equation and the overall uh, ideology that you have around diet. You know, you you have to have to put that in. So you have two approaches to go through it. You have the biggest factor first, or small factors, and build up to greater success. You know, so I actually don't care which one you go to. Some people, like we were saying earlier on, some people are able to be like boom, right, I'm going to address this and be an absolute savage and just go for that biggest limiting factor. And yeah, I'll probably stumble a few times, but that's where I'm going for. And other people are going to be like, look, I've never had success with dieting before. I'm coming from this with a place or coming to this from a place where, you know, I failed like 20 diets. So I'm going to go for the small wins first and build my confidence in myself and in my dieting ability and go from there you know so you have two approaches to it this kind of habit-based change and i'd love to give you 30 40 habits to change but realistically there's so many habits that you could be doing right now that are bad quote-unquote bad and there's so many habits that you could be doing right now that are quote-unquote good uh that it'll take literally fucking 30 episodes to go through them all right um but that that's kind of the, the foundation of it. So we're, we're on that rope, we've climbed up that rope, it's basically habit based change, you know, you're you're, you're you're focusing on small things or big things, and you're slowly moving your diet towards a better diet, right? But then you get to a point where it's kind of like, what the fuck is a better diet? What, what is a good diet, right? And this is where you start having to either go down the road of tracking, or go down the road of, we'll say portion control, you know, so Again, it's a circle. So it doesn't matter if you get to the top of that rope and you turn right, or if you get to the top of the rope and you turn left, right? So we'll say left is portion control. This is what we call tier two. So the rope essentially is tier one. So left is portion control. Right is calorie tracking, right? And you could go either way. You know, if I'm coaching someone, I bring them right from the start, right? And the reason for that is it allows me better see what they're doing right but that doesn't mean that going right is the better choice for that individual because we might go right and essentially circle around and go back left you know so essentially what happens is we'll, we'll, we'll say we'll go left because it's a little bit more intuitive for people and then we can kind of take them on a bit more of a journey so we'll we'll go left and this is portion control this is where we start bringing in generally i like you know hand-based the. Uh, portion control, like you're like, I'll oh, have, you know, again, it's going to be different for every individual, but using your hand as a, a, a guide to the overall portions, you should be having of different, you know, macronutrient sources or different food sources, you know, saying like having a, a thumb of fat with a meal. So you're like, okay, well, then you have to learn what fat sources are, you know, but you have a, a measurement metric, you're like, okay, well, I only want to have roughly the size of my, my thumb, for that fat source, you know, and then you've got like, you got, you have the palm of your hand, your fist, you know, that, that kind of stuff. So using your hand as a guide to your overall portion sizes, you know, that I, I, I like that because it's very intuitive. It's very easy to manipulate for you, but also it isn't so, we'll say obsessive in terms of you have to track every single last thing that you eat. You know, you just keep a rough idea of how big your portions are what you are putting on your plate and essentially what we're trying to do is bring up your level of nutritional education so that you understand proteins fats carbohydrates fiber you understand overall calorie balance in in a more intuitive manner you know you're like okay well i know roughly if i eat this volume of food I'm roughly where I need to be at with calories, you know? So essentially that's what we're doing with that portion control. You're basically making your plate look like a, a quote unquote ideal plate, you know? And again, it'll have to be changed over time depending on where you're at, how active you are, et cetera, et cetera. So there's no like, oh, you need to have this much protein and this blah, blah, blah for every individual because, you know, every individual is individual. Um, but looking to understand how much, or how big of a portion you should be having on your plate, you know, and then starting about the process of setting in, again, it's kind of habit based change, but starting about the process of really, we'll call it timing your meals. And I don't mean like you have to have them at four o'clock, or you can't eat carbs after six or anything like that. But what I mean is spacing your meals out in such a way that you have energy throughout the whole day, you feel good throughout the whole day. And you know, you're not just eating all your carbohydrates at one meal, and then not eating them. Add any other meals, you know, so having that kind of having, again, it's, it's it's an individual thing, but having a spread of your meals, your macronutrients, your calories, so that you feel good throughout the whole day and you have good performance, good health metrics, etc., etc., you know, so that, that's that kind of portion control, portion based change, or whatever you want to call it, uh, approach, and that's what we have in our, our tier two stuff. And then you get to the tier three stuff, which is basically what we were saying earlier on with the, the calorie tracking, the use of like my fitness Pal and stuff. And that gives you a huge degree of, uh, what would you call it, you know, specificity. You know, you're able to go like, well, okay, cool. Well, I'm actually going to just drop five grams of fat, you know, whereas before in the portion based control, you're like, okay, well, I was having a, a thumb of fat for my meal. So I'm going to have half a thumb you know, whereas you can be more precise with the the calorie tracking. And it also does teach you a huge, huge amount more than just the portion control, because you're actually able to see, okay, so I was having what I thought was, you know, a certain amount of protein. But now that I'm looking at all the vegetables that I'm eating, all the the carbohydrate sources that I'm eating, um, I'm actually eating way more protein than I thought I was eating, you know, once you count all of those, you know. And so tracking that whole, like everything you eat, does teach you a huge amount more but what a, what you gain in that specificity or what you gain in that ability to be precise with things you lose in your flexibility you know and that kind of sounds a bit strange because people always talk about it like you know tracking with my fitness pal and stuff like flexible dieting you know and and that obviously it is because you know if you know exactly how many calories you're supposed to eat and how many macros or whatever you're supposed to eat you can essentially fit whatever the fuck you like within that Right. And you can't really do that with portion control. Like obviously you can to an extent, but you know, you're not going you don't have a portion size for how much sweets you should eat per day or how much chocolate you should eat per day. You know? Like maybe you could in bring one in, but it it kinda with the portion control stuff, like you're also learning what are quote unquote good and bad foods. Like I I hate using those terms, but people know what I'm talking about when I say that. You you kind of start phasing out we'll call it bad nutrition because it's harder to kind of stay on track and fit those in your day because you're kind of like, Oh, well, I don't want, like, you don't know exactly where you are. So it's hard to go, well, I'm having, you know, two squares of chocolate, you know, is that too much? I'm having a little bit of a sweet here and there, you know, it doesn't fit in your overall portion control. Unless of course you do it every single day and then you can kind of go, okay, well I know I'm doing this. So I'll just drop that out, you know? So it's a little bit harder to kind of fit quote unquote treats into portion based control like obviously it can be done and it's not like a it's a, an extremely hard thing to do but it kind of defeats the purpose of the education component of that portion based control right but anyway, with the with the calorie tracking like using an app or whatever it's it's a lot easier to fit those things in because you can go okay well I, I need to have 300 grams of carbohydrates today I can eat you know Haribo and hit my 300 grams you know so w- once you know that it's like yeah you can obviously do that so it is more quote-unquote flexible but it's actually more rigid in terms of you have to hit certain numbers specifically you know there's very like specific numbers you have to hit whereas with the the more we'll call it intuitive tier two stuff the portion control you know you could be like okay well I, i know i'm having potato today i'm having sweet potato tomorrow you don't really fucking care if there's a a minute difference in the amount of carbohydrates between those two things. You're like, this is my carb source. This is roughly the portion I'm supposed to have. You know, you're like, okay, well, it's roughly say a fist. That's what you're using for your carb source. And, you know, one day it weighs, I don't know, 200 grams. The next day it weighs 170 grams you don't really care. Whereas with the, the tracking with my fitness plan and stuff, you're like, you're weighing stuff out, you're really measuring stuff out and you're, you're aiming to hit it by the, the gram specifically, you know? So you lose some of that ability to be flexible and not actually care too much about hitting things specifically once you're in this kind of calorie tracking. So that calorie tracking is great for, really dialing things in and being very specific with your overall nutrition but like gary said earlier on that just because you're in that tier and you're in that kind of specificity that doesn't mean that that is the ultimate goal right because like i said you lose some of that flexibility you're a bit more rigid you have to hit certain numbers and again you can start being Like people will always argue with that and they'll be like, oh, well, you know, I, I do it like this. And like, I don't really mind too much where my carbohydrates fall and my fats fall, but it's like, yeah. So you're just, you're basically just tracking calories and protein. Right. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's cool. That's definitely a valid method, but it's like, that's not the, the method here. That's just, that's an adjunctive method, you know, that you can do because you understand nutrition so well, you know? So, uh, With the the calorie tracking, we're saying it's the the precise measurement of everything, right? Because that's what you're trying to do. Otherwise, you could just go down and be on a portion-based control stuff as well, just as easy as going to this adjunctive, I just track calories and protein, you know? Um, So you're in this tier three. People kind of think of that as the end goal, you know? And yeah, cool. It definitely teaches you a huge amount. It's definitely, well, it's probably the easiest way to... Get to your goals the fastest, if that makes sense, you know, because you're able to be very precise with things. However, it's also a huge amount of time investment, and you may not actually need that or desire that. And what I always think of it is we're using that tier three to essentially get you back to tier two, where it's more intuitive method of eating. You're just looking at the portion sizes you're eating, but you can essentially look at those portion sizes and go, yeah, that's roughly 200 grams of. Protein, or whatever. That's roughly 50 grams of protein, uh, and that's roughly what I need for this meal. And you're just keeping a, a a vague idea, a vague log in your head of how much you've eaten throughout the whole day. And you, you're kind of basically coming to that tier two with a huge amount more knowledge, you know. So as I said at the start, it's like you can go left or you can go right, like it's a circle. Because even if you go back to tier two after you've been on tier three, and you're kind of eating like that for six, seven months, like you can't kind of eat like that now, Gary, don't you?
0: Yeah, like I only track calories for five to ten
1: percent of twenty eighteen, like because exactly, ex- ex- exactly. But I have more. That's- exactly. So, like, what you do is like you're in that kind of tier two, and you're kind of like, oh, uh, I, I intuitively, again, quote unquote, intuitively, there's nothing actually intuitive about it, but you roughly know what you're you're eating, and you may every so often go, okay, cool, I actually want to look a little bit leaner for a certain event. So I'm just going to track calories so that I know I'm exactly where I need to be with that, you know? Or you might go, Yeah, I've been eating like this for the last, you know, six or seven months. I just wonder where my calories are at, where my, you know, overall nutrition is at. So you might track for a week or so and see where things are at, just to make sure that you're actually eating what you think you should be eating. You know, so again, once you're on that circle, you can continually stay either in tier two, tier three. And it doesn't mean there's actually this clear delineation between the two. Like ultimately, overall, I think everyone should move to a perfectly intuitive diet. Right. And that's coming from someone who has like one thousand five hundred and ten days of tracking done. You know, like that's like four years or something like I actually think everyone should get to a stage where they can intuitively understand nutrition look at that and go yeah that's roughly what I need to eat to stay on track and every so often just check back with an app or something to make sure that they are on track with that you know but like I always think of it like do you like do I see myself being a 60 year old whipping out my fitness pal being like oh uh, let me just make sure that I'm on track with this <laughs> I'm like no I don't however I actually really like having those numbers and being able to go back and be like, what did I eat that day? How much food did I eat? Where was my weight at? How did my performance go, Etc. So like, I like having that ability to track those metrics. So that's, that's why I track all the time, you know? But that doesn't mean that everyone has to. Yeah, like I think one of the biggest, the, the, the biggest challenges
0: for some people when it comes to tracking calories, like it's not even the time investment because realistically it doesn't take that long, but rather it's sort of like, the fact that it is always on your mind and you lose your ability to judge your food choices based on appetite, based on your desires, etc. And that's something I've always found when it can, comes to tracking calories. Like very few people will be willing to come in under their calories. Like, you know, if, if someone has a target of 2,500, they don't finish the day at 2,200, even if they are satisfied because they essentially see that they have 300 calories left and they're like oh yes that's exciting I can go and you know have that now and like whereas the average person in the general population who let's say maintains their weight most of the time there's going to be periods where you know they eat a little bit more food they compensate by eating a little bit less they skip breakfast here and there you know things kind of go up and down but overall there's some consistency over time whereas what we try and do when we're tracking calories is we try and keep everything the exact same on a numerical level so on paper but the behaviors that lead us there kind of change a lot of the time you know it doesn't really matter how you get there as a result you're always kind of relying on calorie tracking as a crutch and it's a real kind of like it can be a bit of a psychological burden for some people because they they kind of judge themselves based on the amount of calories they've eaten like if they go over at 2800 instead of 2500 they're like oh Jesus, now I need to compensate. And there's that sort of guilt and that feeling that I need to under eat now the next day. And then that sets people down, you know, that can set people down that sort of binge restrict cycle, which isn't where you want to end up. Um. So, so that can be, that can be one of the problems because again, people can think that it is going to be the be all end all that once you start tracking, everything's going to be fine. However, you have to realize that like you are human at the end of the day. And you have psychology to deal with in that process and it's not as simple as just making decisions based on numbers and nothing else is affected because appetite is a is a dynamic multifactorial thing like it's not as simple as you eat x amount of calories and your appetite responds in a very predictable way you know it's it's affected by a lot of different things the type of foods that you eat and you know even even the amount of restraint that you place on yourself so you know if you're if you're constantly viewing food as numbers and you're not even thinking about how hungry you actually are, then all you ever think about is I need to eat X amount, as opposed to saying, you know what, I'm actually not that hungry. I'm just going to have a small meal, you know? So, so you have to think about how that plays out in the long term. Like you ultimately do want to get to that point where you can regulate your, you can regulate your eating behavior based on your appetite, but also that your environment is modified. So as to facilitate that, because like not everyone is gonna is going to be in a position in in their individual body. They're not going to be in a position where they can regulate their appetite perfectly in the environment that they're in. Which comes back to what we were saying at the start, where the importance of getting those habits, get getting your habits in place, um, all that sort of stuff that Patty talked about, but also trying to modify your environment and making sure that you know. Your flawed human self isn't going to override your desire to to maintain healthy healthy body composition and have good health behaviors because, like, you could be the most disciplined person in the world, but if you if you were in a house where you always have your favorite foods readily available within arm's reach, like your discipline is going to get beaten every now and then you can't just discipline your way out of everything so you do have to try and modify your environment and at least recognize that you know what i'm probably not going to be perfect all the time because that just takes that stress of trying to be disciplined all the time off of you like why wouldn't you want to make things a little bit easier for you if you had the option and that's not to say you don't need to apply some sort of discipline. <laughs> that is the thing, you know, because we all, we all do have options all of the time. And sometimes, especially if you're if you are dieting, if you've been in a calorie deficit for a while, a big bowl of oats can seem pretty attractive. It doesn't have to be a bag of crisps or whatever. So, um, again, there, there's no there's no one size fits all solution.
1: You're very wise, Gary. Uh, anyway, uh, so if, if someone's listening to this, how how do they go about understanding where they fit in so they understand now okay cool patrick rattled off some fucking long-winded fucking explanation of this tier system tier one essentially habit-based change and like you're saying that also does include the environment like i kind of just automatically think that but it is a good delineation to make like you should be thinking about like obviously not having excessive amounts of quote-unquote bad food in your house uh, or set yourself up in environments that you know you're going to be in a poor position Uh, and then obviously you have your your tier two where it's like portion-based control you know again eating quote-unquote good foods eating certain portion sizes so that you know you're roughly on track with things and then you've got your your tier three which is like you know the the traditional kind of my fitness pal tracking everything so how does someone know where they should fit in with that is there a method like obviously I was saying like it's a a balloon with a a circle on the top or whatever but like they're like okay cool if you have all the habits based or the habit based stuff you have good eating habits you can either go left or you can go right you're still on that circle somewhere that joyride whatever and but how do I know like I'm I'm an individual like what 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 should I do How, how do I know where I fit in
0: yeah, so I suppose the first the first thing would be if you are someone with a history of eating disorders, I would go and get help from that or for that elsewhere guided by a registered dietitian or anyone else that that, that sort of supports you along that journey. So that would be step one is to say that if you're listening to this and you are someone with a history of eating disorder, you don't want to take information on how to guide your nutrition from a podcast like this. So that's the first one. All right. That's 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 y'all out of the way. So if you're that person, like even if it's just a low level thing, even if you're someone that you've been multiple times per week, you feel that nutrition kind of rules you, then I wouldn't necessarily opt for any of these solutions in isolation without trying to get some assistance. Um, but yeah, that's that's just that first caveat. But from there, it's it's really about asking, you know, who you are, how long you've been trying to manage your nutrition, etc. Because for example, in my case, I'm someone who has spent quite a bit of time tracking nutrition, learning about nutrition. I have, I understand what's in different foods. I understand, you know, if I have a meal, I could probably gauge the calories within plus or minus a hundred. Um, so, so there's all those things going on. Like I know, that uh, eating fruits and vegetables is a good idea, you know, and and I've got all those things in place. So for me, there's no massive benefit to tracking calories when I'm just trying to kind of maintain or gradually gain weight over time and fuel fuel any exercise that I'm engaging in. like that's my sole goal. So for me, I should be able at this point to eat, quote unquote, intuitively with the caveat that it's not totally Intuitive in that there's been a learning process to get here. Um, So, if you're that type of person who, let's say, you're just trying to gradually gain weight over time, you don't necessarily have something that you need to be perfectly on point for, like with every gram, like you're not competing in a bodybuilding competition or whatever, then in that case, I would give it a go. I would try and step away from tracking nutrition for a while and at least see how it goes, because you need to expose yourself um, to that sort of test if you want to learn how to eat like that in the long term and I think that time when you're trying to maintain your, your body weight or maybe gain some muscle or fuel performance that's probably the best time to try and implement it like for example if you've been the, like the other side of the coin if you have been trying to lose weight for a long time and successfully doing so like let's say you're you're down 30 pounds versus where you were last year you spent most of the year in a calorie deficit and right now your appetite's a little bit out of whack you feel like your relationship with food is a little bit compromised like i wouldn't just go and totally try and eat intuitively and, and just wing it and eat whatever eat whenever you feel like eating because that's like all right that's probably going to to, to lead to more weight gain than, than you would like just because your appetite is a little bit dysregulated so that, that that is one of those cases where getting guidance from someone to make that transition might be helpful um but I suppose calorie tracking where it is most useful is going to be in the case of someone who's trying to get to an extremely lean body fat percentage for whatever reason, um, which is below the body fat percentage that they tend to comfortably maintain. Because I, I, th- I think that's the case where you d- those things do need to kind of come out because relying on your appetite, pfft, it's just going to be all over the place at that point. Um, but th- obviously, that's not the desire for most people in the population either. um. if you're you're someone who is very unsure of, you know, what's different in different foods, you've been trying to kind of get your eating behaviors together for a while, and you haven't been moving towards, you know, any sort of meaningful progress in your, you know, your training and everything, then tracking calories for a while is going to be good in that case, because it's going to give you the education that that might be helpful to sort of quantify your nutrition, see where you're at. And as we already said, you don't have any history of eating disorders or anything. So we wouldn't expect that you'd adopt like, Poor beliefs or attitudes or whatever towards that process, um. So I think that's the person where calorie track. That's that's another type of person where calorie tracking can be helpful. Where you've been, you know you've been trying to eat health, quote unquote, healthy. You think you're doing a good good job, but you're not moving in the direction that you think you should be moving. And that that's not just weight loss. That's weight gain as well. It's the person who has been at 80 kgs body weight for the last year, even though they've been trying to progressively build more muscle. In your case, you might want to try and quantify your nutrition for a while and kind of get get a grasp of where you're at. Um, but if, again, if you're the person who you feel y- you've been tracking for ages, you're not totally dependent on it to to manage your food choices, then trying to step away from it would be a good idea, I think. So to kind of summarize that, if you have history of eating disorders, go and get help with that don't just try and track calories and think it's going to solve your problems probably won't um if you're the person who is competing in a physique show or you want to get very lean beyond what is comfortable for you um for a short period of time then tracking calories is probably going to be necessary um and you may need to quote unquote learn to eat again after that um if you're the person who has been trying to eat healthfully you think you're doing a good job um but you're actually not moving the, in the direction you'd like in terms of maybe leaning out a little bit or gaining some weight um and you've been trying all of the other things then i would probably try and track calories for a while and and see where you're at um did i say all of them i don't think i did <laughs> no i didn't if you're the person that is um has been has been successfully you know tracking calories for ages and you want to move away from that then i would try and move away from that unless you have one of the other conditions in which tracking calories will be helpful. Uh,
1: I'm losing my voice, man. Yeah. I think that uh, does actually help quite a lot of people overall now. So we've got the people that are the the new year, new me people. So they've, they've essentially engaged in a diet now. They're like, Oh yeah, look, I, I need to lose some weight or, you know, this is the year I get fucking huge muscles or whatever the fuck all they have. Right. And they're kind of just following a Diet that maybe they found online. Maybe they're kind of just watching their their nutrition habits. How do they stay on track with things, right? And I mean that like obviously that's an entire episode in and of itself, you know. But how do I? I, I'm starting this January stuff, right? I'm literally like, oh yeah, I need to need to get swole, lose weight, whatever fuck it is, right? But I actually want 2019 to be a year where I actually get results. Not just do what I always do, and do the January stuff, and then fall off the wagon. so how do I make this a lasting change? Do you have any tips for that
0: um i think I think the biggest things here are actually probably beyond just nutrition, like I think trying to have a solid daily routine like and i don't I don't mean like the fitness guru routines where you get up and you do four hour morning routine but i mean like you have consistent things that you do every day whether it be something in the morning like you prepare your meals let's say and you eat your meals at the same times every day you get up at the same time every day you go to bed at the same time every day if you can get those sorts of things in place whereby your day is a standard thing that you can describe and like i'm the worst example of this because my days change all the time with placement and college and being away etc but i'm the worst example of that but they're, they're the things that really make dialing in your, your nutrition the easiest. Like if you just have a relatively consistent life in which you can modify your habits without lots of external barriers, like that's, that's a pretty good thing that you can get in place. And from there, I would start to just try and make this, the small changes that you know yourself you can actually sustain. Because realistically, like, like you you tell this to people all the time and it's a bit futile because people just still try and make ridiculous changes and they cannot sustain them. Like, you know, there are good apps for this. You can use the app. I think you, you told me about it initially. It's called momentum and you can essentially just list in the most important habits for you. And then you tick them off every day and then you get, you can build up a bit of a streak. So for example, it might be eat protein three times per day. Simple. But then you tick that off every day and then you've got some sort of accountability that so that you can look back in, let's say, half a year's time and you say, you know what? I actually only ate protein on three times per day on 50 percent of days. I probably could have done that better, you know, or it could be I want to have at least four to five different types of fruits and vegetables every day or 10 to 20 every week or it could be you know five servings a day whatever whatever it is that that's sort of achievable for you right now and you try and accumulate those wins over time because what people don't realize is like like if you if you can make these small changes in terms of eating more fibrous foods eating more fruits and vegetables eating a little bit more protein reducing slightly the amounts of you know processed hyperpalatable foods that you consume if you can do those little things then that essentially helps you to regulate your appetite and regulate your desire for the types of foods that you eat and break down some of those other habits while you build up the others and if you can get those things consistently going you'd really be surprised at the types of difference uh, at the the difference that that can make over the long term but again like i think it's it's really 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 difficult to convince people to do the small things over time and i i personally don't have a solution for that because like (laughs) I, i i just think that it's a difficult it's a difficult self but i mean if you read if you read james clear's book atomic habits i think that's a that's a good it's a good book to try and explain the importance of habits even just read his articles online there's lots of other books as well you know the power of habit um other stuff you can read about habits that that will tr- that will convince you of the importance of the little things but in general i think most most humans are going to be looking for the big sexy win and that's essentially what you're being played on every day when companies try and sell you quick fixes so i don't know how to change in human nature yeah, if now. you did
1: we'd be <laughs> fucking millionaires yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, another good thing about that momentum app as well, or even just doing it yourself, like you literally could just get a calendar out and like people used to do it back in the day, you know, you like mark off an X, you know, like it's not that hard, you know, you don't need to get an app for it. Um, but like the, be, the benefit of the app is it counts the days. It's like, oh, you've done this for fucking eight days, you know, um, rather than you having to go back and like flick through your calendar going, oh, how many X's do I have? Um, but it also is a, able to show you then when you look back at it, you're like, oh, well every Friday that's when I fail. Why is that? You know, you can look at like, okay, cool, there, oh, I see, oh, it's Friday, I always go out with the lads or something and as a result, I don't get my three protein servings in. So you can start bringing in habits to be like, okay, cool, on a Friday I do this then to combat that, you know? So having, I actually just think that the biggest thing you can do to succeed is track metrics, right? And that doesn't have to be, like I know we're just basically saying like, you don't have to track your calories but i just mean track some metrics of success you know if you are looking to lose weight you should be tracking your weight you should have a goal for that weight you know if you are looking to gain weight you should have a goal for that and you should have some sort of metrics that you're tracking if you're looking for performance like actually define your performance and then track metrics related to that you know so i actually think tracking metrics of what you're trying to achieve is the easiest way to get results, you know? And again, it could be weight loss. Like, I, I always think, like, you look at the research and you show people that are, you know, they, they track their weight, like, two, three, four times a week or daily or whatever, like, they have better success than people that just ignore it, you know? So tracking something could be waist circumference, could be fucking calf circumference, arm circumference, whatever the fuck, you know? Like, there, there has to be some sort of way that you know What you are doing is making sense and is successful, you know. Otherwise, you're just pissing in the breeze. Like you could have success, you could not have success. Like the strategies you're bringing in, they could work, they could not work. But you have to track something to ensure that they are working. You can't just oh, shotgun it and hope. Oh, I've changed all these habits, but you know, I hate stepping on the scale, so I'm not going to do it but your goal is weight loss. It's like, well, you have to track your weight loss in some manner or else it's always going to be this case of you're chasing your tail because you, you never know if you've actually achieved your goal. Have you lost weight this week? Did what you did, did what you did this week work? <laughs> um, you don't know if you're not tracking, you simply don't know. You are just hoping. you know, you might feel good in a dress one day or a pair of fucking, I don't know, a shirt or something another day. But these are all transient things. You don't know if you're, you're you're on track because you're not tracking anything you know so i think that's actually the key to success and i know people are going to go like oh well you just said you don't have to track your diet like that's not what i'm saying like track metrics of the success for the goal that you're going for again could be like even in college or something, it could be the grades you're getting, you know, consistently throughout the year. That's reflective of the work you're putting in consistently throughout the year. You know, like that's, that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to help you stay on track and make sure that you're actually learning the stuff that you're supposed to be learning, you know? Um, So I think that the tracking thing is the easiest way or sorry, the best way to ensure that you are on track. You know, it's pretty intuitive.
0: Yeah. Like I think that's really important because you do need to create some sort of feedback loop. And I think this is related to pretty much like everything in life, like even, even our own business, like like something I'm particularly bad at. And um, I think you're, you're better than this. You're better at this than me is looking like lo- looking at the metrics and being objective with feedback and modifying behavior from there. Because very often what I focus on is you're, you're what I'm producing, what, <laughs> what I'm producing, what I'm producing, what I'm producing. What I'm doing as opposed to like all right what what were the outcomes and how how can we kind of modify that and I think like particularly when when you sort of have your own business it's it's difficult to decide all right, what exactly are the things that we should measure and that we should create the feedback loops on and obviously there are some things that are better better than others and that, you know you can do that for your own income in your own life as well, like you know but whatever about your income, let's say your income isn't modifiable, you can modify your expenses and you say. Right, I'm looking back at my accounts and what I find is that pff, I'm subscribed to this membership site. It's pretty shit. It's taking 25 euro a month. I'm going to unsubscribe. Not the militia, of course. Um, or I'm every every time I go out with um the lads, what I seem to do after my third drink is buy everyone around a round of drinks for 100 euro and that happens every week. So fuck the lads, <laughs> not doing that anymore. And what you do is you create those those sorts of feedback loops. And I think that's really, really important because you just pick the things that are most important. Like when you said in terms of weight loss, if your goal is genuinely weight loss means a lot to you, then that's going to be the sort of metric. Um, whereas if it's something like, I don't know, like you you have some sort of disease state, which we're not dealing with, then your doctor is not just going to be like randomly be like, well, Let's uh weigh you or let's check your height. It's like, no, I'm going to choose the sort of surrogate marker that is most likely to affect your your outcomes or whatever it is, you know. So you're you're tracking the most important thing um for the person over time. So create the feedback loops based on the things that are meaningful for you. Um, because I see this problem with clients all the time. They kind of they get worried about not hitting their fats or their carbs um when they're tracking their calories. And I'm like okay but you're you're still making progress moving in the right direction so that's not actually important we're not worried about those things because they're not the things we create feedback loops on we create feedback loops on the big behaviors that are leading to your success and the actual outcome that we're measuring so you know that that's the way you need to think about things so create yeah, feedback you,
1: loops. you, you need to have that kind of 80 20 approach to it all you know like uh, again like you're saying with the expenses like you're going like hey, where's where's my biggest expenses or you're saying like with the business you know like it's like what are the what are the things that we're doing that's giving us the biggest return on investment time-wise? And, you know, like, obviously our goal is to help people, you know, like empowerment through education or whatever you want to say. So like, how, how are we actually achieving that? Like what what's our biggest driver of actually helping the most amount of people, you know, with, with that overall goal, you know, and like obviously paying respect to the amount of time that we actually have during the week, you know, so you, you have to look at it like that. But it's the same with your your overall nutrition. It's like, what are the the, the big things, the, the the twenty or the twenty percent of the things that are giving you eighty percent of the results? They're the things that you should be doing extremely well. You know, like that. That's that's the that's your bread and butter. After that, it's like, yeah, cool. I can do these other things that you know do definitely play into getting that last twenty percent. But i only going to do those. Once I have that, you know, core stuff done, locked in, you know, and this is again where most people fall down. Like they, like they, you said, it's like they're not actually tracking the right thing, you know. Like you, you wouldn't go into your doctor and they just measure some random marker when you're trying to look at, I don't know, your your heart disease risk. They're not just going to measure, I don't know, fucking, I don't know. <laughs> uh, like they're they're not just going to give you an MRI or something. Like they're they're not right. Um, so you have to. Have to pick the right marker for what you're trying to track or what you're trying to achieve, and then see how what you're doing moves that needle in the right direction. You know, and if it's not moving in the right direction, then you need to reevaluate your your thought process. Yeah, and to what you were saying, you are really bad at this, looking at the metrics and going boom. But again, like I like those metrics. I like looking at metrics. That's why I have fucking fifteen hundred and ten days tracked on my fitness (laughs) pal. You know, so again, like that's not what we're saying. As well, like obviously, Gary can clearly get results and clearly run a successful business and not have to be hyper focused on these metrics either. You may be the type of person like me who likes being more focused on these metrics and ensuring that everything we're doing is moving us in the right direction, you know? So, what we're not saying is, oh, you have to be like, weigh yourself every single day, morning, noon, and night just to see that everything is on track. It's like, you know, maybe you weigh yourself once a week three times per week and you just keep making sure that you're moving in the right direction you're not looking at a specific event you're not looking at a specific way in you're looking at the general trend of things seeing how things are moving rather than being obsessed with because what does happen is you get obsessed with the metric then rather than the actual trend towards the result you know but anyway i think people should be able to hopefully get a lot from that um do you have anything else to say, Gary?
0: I suppose just, just take that lesson on measuring important things and creating feedback loops and apply it to every area of your life because it applies to things like study as well. You know, some people will sit in the library for eight hours a day studying pointless things that aren't even giving them the useful practical understanding that they actually want in their end career. Um, and obviously some of that can be driven by the fact that you, know, you need to satisfy... The needs of certain exams and stuff. But at the end of the day, you are going to college to learn things that are going to be meaningful in the real world. So don't forget that when you're in college. Um, so I think that that's probably something I do better than I, than I than with other things. <laughs> I think I'm good with study feedback loops. Um, and I think that's something that definitely helped me get a lot out of college. Like for example, when it comes to, to physio, there are certain things I'm very interested in. And that's what I put a lot of my time and effort into. And hence I keep getting more out of that in terms of like what I actually want to get out of college. Um, so I suppose that's, that's a useful way of applying it to, and of course, any area of your life. I don't know what you do. for. Do you
1: any. not just have a, an edactic memory? No, huh? <laughs> like mm, that's, that's fucking shit for you. We may hate that. Um, Anyway, uh, I hope everyone has a beautiful 2019. I hope you all achieve your goals, have undue happiness and success in everything. Um, As always, you can give us feedback, five-star review, tell your mates, share it from the rooftops, download it on your fucking grand's iPhone, whatever. I don't fucking know. Just uh, get the word out. Hopefully, Gary won't bottle doing any more episodes like, the goal for this year, I'm putting it down now, is to get 52 episodes, right? So, we're already behind. Um, <laughs> uh, but 52 episodes of the podcast this year, right? So, I will be in America for three months. So, if we can do this, I'll be very happy. So, it's all on Gary. Anyway. I'll- did you have anything left to say? No? Great. Goodbye.